0: Hey everyone, Lena here and I want to say hello and welcome to the podcast. We are talking about one big idea every week and this week we're going to be talking about sexuality and so many of you are checking and you saw this on Facebook or Twitter and you're like, man, I want to hear Lena talk about sexuality. Well, here's your chance to do that. We're going to spend the next 15 minutes doing that and don't get too excited. We're just going to open God's word and look at what God has for us. But really, I'm going to try to um, address some of the things that I think are important to most of us. And um, before we get to the one big idea, though, I want to say, welcome if you're new uh, every um, week or now every other week actually i change the schedule up uh, every other week i spend time with you going over some biblical principles for everyday life and if you're a recurrent visitor to the, these podcasts thanks thanks for those of you who email me i get emails once in a while for people who are really grateful for the podcast and, and and it really does encourage me to keep on going and doing them because boy life can get busy and i know you guys know that and so if you uh, like the podcast don't hesitate to email me lena at livingwithpower.org lena at livingwithpower.org in the meantime, here's the big idea about sexuality. And, and I've toyed with a number of different ways to say it, but I've boiled it down to this. It's very short and sweet. It is this. There is grace for your sexual sin. There is grace for your sexual sin. Uh, because here's the deal. Uh, when it comes to sexuality and sex, I think we, we need to stop being naive. And one of the advantages that I have in my life is that I'm a pediatric ER doctor. And being an ER doctor of any sort, whether it's for kids or adults, I mean, I see my share of teenagers. I mean, so, you know, I've heard it all. There's not a thing. By the way, I've not just heard it all, I mean, I, I've seen it all, and, and I mean this in every uh, way possible, and nothing shocks me anymore, and I think God has given me just the comfort to be able to talk about these things, again, partly because of the training and the work that I've done, but also because I think this is such a critical topic in our generation. Um, I, I'm sure sex has always been an issue for people since the beginning of time, but I believe we're talking about it, and it's in our faces far, far, far more today than it ever has been in the past. And all you need to do is turn on the TV at any time of the day. My friend was telling me the other day that, that she was, had the TV on at 8 o'clock and she was she thought "If my boys she has two kids who are teenagers that if they come into the room at 8 o'clock on a major network you know NBC, CBS, she'd be embarrassed and have to change the channel, and think about that I mean, that has not always been the case in our country, but it certainly is now, and I'm not even talking about the Netflix and the, the HBO and Cinemax and all the other, I don't even think they have Cinemax anymore, but I think uh, Netflix and HBO probably have enough um, sexuality on them to keep us all busy for the next lifetime, but anyway, I don't, I don't want to be glib, I want to give you that big idea again, there is grace for your sexual sin, and what that statement really uh, uh, implies is uh, 5 subpoints. and so here there's a first so that the big idea is there's grace for your sexual sin if you remember nothing else out of this podcast i'd like you to remember this there is grace for your sexual sin now what that presupposes is that there is such a thing as sexual sin let's not be naive i don't think you need a Preacher on Sunday mornings or a Bible teacher on a Tuesday afternoon to tell you that we have sexual sin. God put in us a conscience and we know when we do things we're not supposed to do and when we think things we're not supposed to do. See, God wired us a certain way and He created us. Um, I believe God's plan for us is, in terms of our sexuality, is to uh, be in union between one man and one woman in the context of marriage. And that is the plan in Genesis, uh, boy, uh, before the fall, really, Genesis chapter 2. And uh, Adam and Eve, of course, fell, and sin came into the world, and if you're like, I'm new to this podcast, and we're talking about, buy Bible, start reading through Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and you'll get a story of the beginning of mankind, uh, kind of where God starts, you know, where, where God creates a beautiful, good world, and, and, and we basically, we screw it up. Our forefathers screwed it up, but, but there was hope, and we'll get to that in a minute. Now, Jesus talks about it, too, in Matthew, six, uh, Matthew uh, 6, verses 27 through 30. So, you know, in the Old Testament, we're given the, the commandments, the Ten Commandments, and, you know, you should not, shall not commit adultery. Well, Jesus comes in the New Testament, because, you know, and you know, you're listening, some of you are like, man, the Old Testament's so out, out of date, you know, not in fashion— uh, you're more of a New Testament fan well whether you look in the Old Testament or in the New Testament you can study how sexual sin brought down men and women of God and threatened to do so in many others and of course you can also study how God's grace redeemed them and that's what we're going to get to in a minute but, but Ma- Jesus talks about it so even if you're like I'm just a fan of Jesus I don't like the Apostle Paul I don't like the Old Testament I just like Jesus well Jesus talks about it in Matthew uh, 5 among other places what he says you have heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lust full intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart and so and so jesus elevates kind of this this law and he says look what i'm asking you you know what god wants us and what the words that's given through jesus is so far above what we can even reach and and of course jesus was saying these words knowing that no man or woman could live a lifetime without lusting but that we what he was doing was showing us our need first of all the reality of our sin and then our need for a savior and then jesus was really just that's the point of the sermon on the mount really is that there's no way we can keep the law and and if you thought you could keep the law jesus was like fulfilling it by saying okay i'm not even talking about just adultery i'm talking about lust in your heart and you tell me if you haven't lost I, I, you, can't, I mean, you, I don't even, I, I don't think anyone under fifteen is probably listening to the podcast. But, but I dare you to tell me you've never had a lustful thought in your mind, because, um, because we are a, a, a viewing people and a seeing people, and there are things in this world that just will draw our hearts of sin to lust, and. Um, And and God has put in us a conscience so that we know, and and, and that can come, I mean, I don't even need to list to you, um, well, actually, Paul lists some things, let me take you to Galatians 5, and read you a few verses here, Uh, I'm going to read some verses from Galatians, and then I'm going to read some from Colossians, so Galatians 5, uh, and then I'll give you quickly the remaining points that I have, remember, the big idea is there is grace for your sexual sin, Paul says this in Galatians 5, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So our flesh desires certain things. You say, what? Okay, he tells us, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. Okay, listen up, men and women who are listening to this podcast. He says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality... Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. An amazing list. I mean, you can go back and look at it, and he has envy in the same category as orgies. I mean, this seems crazy. But the point is, we are sinful in our old self. But, but, but just to look at some of these things in the list, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. I mean, mean, the way I see it, when I watch TV ads or look at print magazine ads, I mean, the whole world is one big sensual act. You walk into a church nowadays... And women are wearing things, and sometimes I'm just telling you, I'm not, I'm not being critical. I'm just saying, this is what I see is a sensual world wanting to be even more sensual. We are looking for sex appeal, and, and look, there's so many reasons for it. Sometimes it stems out of insecurity, sometimes it stems out of a desire to be loved because we don't get that in our homes. You don't understand the love of God. It root issues that draw us, drive us to, to go for the fleshful type, for the fleshly type things, you know, activities and thoughts and, and ways. And, and um, I mean, who hasn't been, you know, you if, if you ever walk into a room, someone says, man, you look so beautiful today. There's something in us that just... And, 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 and it's, it's not always a good... It doesn't always come from a good place. But when you're told how beautiful you are, man, there's, there is there's um, a sort of inflation of our sense of self. And, um, and and imagine, so if you get that on a sexual level even more. And so it feels good, I guess, is what I'm getting at, to, to feel sexy. And so, uh, I, you know, I, I, I think the point I'm trying to make is that it goes against that is a work of the flesh. That is a work of the flesh, at least that is what Paul tells us. And of course, Jesus' words were even more extreme. Now, Colossians 3, Paul says this, if then, and by the way, Paul is speaking, inspired by the Holy Spirit. I mean, he's not just, I mean, I don't think, why would Paul care about what we're doing today in 2015? But there's a God who breathed his word through the Apostle Paul. I believe the word of God is, is perfect and inerrant and, and god breath. And so he writes this in Colossians 3. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. He's talking to believers, followers of Jesus Christ. He says in verse 5, put to death therefore what is earthly in you. So what is earthly in me? I never even knew that. He says sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire covetousness, which is idolatry. And he says, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. And then he goes on later and tells us what to put on. Now, so, so, so what's the point I'm making here? What, what my big idea is there's grace for sexual sin. The first point in that is there is such a thing as sexual sin. We know it. We're not stupid. We know it. And, and, and we don't just know it. We've experienced it. I can't tell you how young I was when I first saw something on the TV that I knew was wrong and how I was drawn to it and wanted to see it. And we can all tell our own story of sexual perversions and and, and thoughts about that. And so we know that there's such a thing as sexual sin. But not just there is such a thing as sexual sin, but we, you and I, have sexual sin. You and I have sexual sin. For some of us, it's more obvious than others. We're living in a day and age where cohabitation is just kind of the norm now. But, you know, that's sexual sin. I mean, we're told to flee fornication, to flee youthful lust. uh, Paul talks about it in Peter. I mean, throughout the word of God, we're told in in Hebrews um, that marriage is honorable in all things, that the bed undefiled. And so God shows us that the only true biblical sexuality is in the context of a man married to a woman, a husband and wife uh, situation. And that is how God intended it to be. And... and, um, and, and, you know, again, I'm not, I, I, I don't want to complicate today's podcast. I want to keep it simple. And I think, it, I don't want to turn it into a theological discussion. I know as a 43-year-old single American Lebanese woman living in a regular town, in a regular world, and, and, and having been brought up in the church, but just being aware of the culture around me, that I have sexual sin. And so, I don't care whether you think marriage is between one man or one woman, or if it's more liberal than that. I'm not. That is not the argument I'm trying to make, although I have a clear understanding of what the Bible teaches, but I believe re- stop your arguments, stop your theological, but the Bible says this, and the Bible says that, and you're not putting this economy. Forget about all that. And come face to face with the fact, the reality that you and I have sexual sin. And if you don't believe me, then you're not quieting your heart enough to ask the Holy Spirit, where do I need to change? And I can tell you that even with all my efforts to be pure and holy and and, and God-pleasing, sexual sin has a way of creeping into my mind you know, and you get so self-righteous and be like, well, I've never had gay sex or I've never had sex outside of marriage or I've never, you know, I'm still a virgin. Don't be self-righteous because I can tell you as a virgin, 43-year-old woman, that sexual sin still has a way of creeping into our minds. I've written about that in my book, Drive. You guys should buy it and read it, a chapter on self-control. I get into all that in a very, very direct fashion, and I think it's important that you... um just, just, just that you read other people's stories that might encourage you in yours. Which really, then, I want to bring you to some good news because because this is kind of you know weighty and and heavy and and and, and just, just discouraging because you're like man do we have any hope? Yes. Number three, God gives grace. Remember our big idea is there's grace for your sexual sin. So first of all, there is such a thing as sexual sin. You and I have sexual sin, and then God gives grace for sexual sin. And so that is the whole point of Jesus dying for us on the cross is He paid the price for the wrath of God against our sin his death was the punishment that we deserve for our sin and by embracing his death we're given a, the righteousness that is not rightfully ours but is given to us because now Jesus died took on our sin and now we take on his righteousness and that is substitutionary atonement described clearly in 2nd um, uh, 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 Corinthians chapter 5 and Romans, the book of Romans, oh, throughout the word of God really but um which is awesome stuff, right? I mean, think about it. The gift that God has given us, the free gift of grace. And so that grace covers not just our anger, not just our, our desire to, to be first in everything, but, but but our sexual sin as well. And by the way, a lot of sexual sin stems from, from other points of sin, such as our desire to be the center of our universe. If you think about why you pursue sexual sin, more often than not, it is because you haven't gotten things your own way and you want to be the boss of you and you're trying to, to tell God what you think is right about your sexuality and and, and you 're constantly arguing with with some you know, you look at humans and you think your argument is against other humans, but really it is against God, who was the one who set these standards and these rules and these ways, and and um, and so. But just know that that same God who told us that there's such a thing as living a certain way, that same God is the one who's given us uh, the freedom to live freely because His Son Jesus paid the price for our sin. So this is awesome news. Okay, now now yeah, here's the problem though: is a lot of us have come to Christ and we've embraced this grace, and so we're like men, we're new creations. The oldest fast, all has become new. We're born born. born again and so but what still happens is that we wake up and we still sin and and by God's grace we sin less every day, that's the point of sanctification is that the Holy Spirit is at work in us and this is what we were reading in Galatians 5 and in Colossians 3 that that we're putting to death the things of the flesh and then do not, I think the verse in in Galatians where I started reading said, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh And and so this is ongoing, I think in Romans 13 Paul says it this way, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires and so there's this constant battle between the old flesh and the new spirits and and right now I'm hearing all these teachings about how you know we're saints we're born again we no longer have any sin in us, and that's when we sin it's not really I don't I don't I haven't, I haven't seen that in scripture. I haven't seen that in my own life. I mean, the fact of the matter is, until we get to heaven, that is where our bodies will finally be glorified, and we will not wrestle with the flesh. But until then, we are in a constant tug of war of yielding our flesh to the control of the Holy Spirit of God. To say, God, this mor- every morning I start my day. Jesus, you're first in my life. I want to honor you today. And 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 every morning, uh, here's here's the the point I'm, I want to make here. But we, you know, number three was God gives grace, and then I wanted to bring you to number four which is this, God gives more grace. God gives more grace. The truth is, we still sin. And hopefully we're sinning less and less. Hopefully we're growing more and more Christ-like with every passing day. But I can tell you that I am so much more aware of my sin today 30 years into being a follower of Jesus Christ than I was 10 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. And it amazes me as I look at my sin that, that the more I live and the more I sin, the more I understand the magnitude of what Christ did for me on the cross. And that moment when I received Jesus Christ into my heart and I started following him, all of my sins, past, present, and future, were forgiven. I became a new creation. And so every morning, every morning, no matter how bad yesterday was, no matter how lustful you were yesterday, no matter what, God gives us more grace. And that is awesome. He says in, in Proverbs that the righteous man falls seven times and gets back up. And, and, and when it comes to sin, I hope we have that, 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 that willingness to get back up and not to... What, what many of us do is when we know we're sinning, is that we avoid God. And truly, I mean, in Isaiah 59, verse 2, we're told that our iniquity separates us from God. And so we're ashamed to come into God's presence, and rightfully so, because we know we're not living in truth. And, uh, and, 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 and how much... Better it would be if we would just come and confess our sins. In First John one nine it says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, so I, I, you know, I love the story of, of in John thirteen where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And and when he got to Peter, Peter said, "Don't wash my feet. You're the master. I'm the servant." And Jesus says, "No, I gotta wash your feet, or, or else you're not clean." And Peter says, "Well, you then wash all of me." And Jesus said, "Tells him, I don't need to wash all of you. That's already been done." But Every so often you need your feet washed. And I think that is the point of daily repentance and daily seeking the Lord and saying, God, where have I sinned and how can I grow? And, and, and it means living in honest truth. And now, you know, I think uh, I, I want to get to the fifth point, which is really this. There's victory for sexual sin. And see, see I, I, I'm tired. I don't know about you, but I I, I get tired of constantly falling into patterns of loss and defeats. And, and and look, if you're living a life, lifestyle that is like if you're cohabitating with someone, you're living with someone before marriage, if you're you know, constantly, if you're a Christian and you're dating someone, and, and by the way, these words are really for Christians. If you're not a Christian, I don't know why you would embrace God's ways. Honestly, I mean, for you, the major problem in your life if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ is that you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you will not have any incentive to change, I mean, you might feel like you want to be a better person, but that's only going to take you so far, but but if you're living under the authority of Jesus Christ if you are a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ and you've given your life to him Paul says that we are bought with a price, we are no longer our own if that is your story and you're like, yes, I want to be a Christian, I am a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus, then listen, those words are for you and you might be like, and you might know this system where you, you're dating someone and you, you go out on a date if you're a college student and, and you, know, you start by holding hands next thing you're kissing, next thing you're doing things that you never thought you'd be doing And I'm not even going to make a list here because I know some people listen to these podcasts with their kids, so we don't need to be graphic because you already know where you go. And aren't you tired of it? Aren't you tired of living in defeat and then you feel guilty and you confess your sins and God gives you grace and he gives you more grace and he uses you despite you. But aren't you tired of it? Aren't you tired of constantly turning that computer on and watching that pornography and, and going down that path of darkness and then waking up in the morning and asking God to forgive you again? And he does forgive you and you're still a child of God. I get it. I'm not saying that you lose your salvation, but you lose your joy and you lose your peace. And, and, and maybe you struggle with same-sex relationships and maybe you're trying to justify it. Maybe there's space for that in the kingdom of God. Look, I don't believe God's word teaches it. And and so at some point, you're going to have to yield to the Lord. Is it going to be your idea of your sexuality and what you want it to be? Or are you going to yield your sexuality to the Spirit of God and to the rulership and authority of God? And and listen to me. Only when you do that will you find joy. My original big idea was worded this way. God's plan for your sexuality always works best. I believe that with all my heart. Listen, I don't believe you will find true and lasting peace and joy. Oh, you may tell yourself you're free. You may tell yourself. I read the blogs of people who call themselves Christians. Maybe they are Christians who have a completely unbiblical view of sexuality and I don't understand it. I I don't. I struggle with understanding it. But I also know that the struggle isn't just for like right now we're living in 2015 the big issue is like homosexuality and where that fits into the kingdom of God. But but listen, listen to me. I'm not picking on the gay people because I believe we, heterosexual I believe we have our own sexual stuff to work through. And and I believe lust is a big part of our problem. And if we could just bring all of our lives and hearts under the lordship of Jesus Christ... So, maybe your issue is that you can't stop looking at pornography, or maybe you can't stop reading books that just take your mind away from the Lord. The question is, do you trust God in your life? And, and listen, half the time when we're doing those things that should, we shouldn't be doing, things that we'd rather no one find out about, it's because we're angry at God, or we're dissatisfied with our lives, or we're trying to take control of our lives in ways that we think will make us happy. And we might be satisfied for a minute of release or joy and think, man, this is, you know, I'm going to be so happy when I do this. And, and you do it, and you wake up and you're miserable. And listen to me, there is grace for your sexual sin i believe it with all my heart that even though the wise thing is to embrace god's plan for your sexuality it always works best but the truth is even when you blow it he's there to help you pick up the pieces that blows my mind about god it blows my mind that that it could be a thousand and ten times it could be ten thousand and fifty times and he'll still use you and he'll still love you but he wants you to grow up and i think about parents who who Teach their kids the same old lessons over and over and over again. At some point, it's like, just go up already. And, and I don't know about you, but I want to live in victory, in daily victory, in increasing victory in the area of my sexual sin. And I, I watched a thing on Desiring God the other day. This pastor was talking about how to overcome pornography, for instance. And he was saying there's kind of two facets to it. One is to cut off, you know, have to be hard and cut off those things that are drawing you down that path. So, for instance, you, you kind of come down hard on things like, like is, if it's your phone where you watch stuff that you shouldn't watch, if it's, you know, if it's, if it's that you go and hook up in a certain place, always with with people, you know that, that you shouldn't be doing things you shouldn't be doing. If it's through the computer, you know you identify the triggers of your sexual sin and, and cut it off, cut it off, and be drastic. I've written about that in Thrive. That means go to flip phone if you have to go to flip phone. I don't care what you do. Get rid of the computer. Use your friend's computer for your homework if you need to be drastic and come down hard on those things that are triggering your sin. So that is one facet of it. But then the, this facet was saying the other facet, of course, takes longer to fix, and and the other facet it is to dig down what is causing you to go after that behavior where is the dissatisfaction in your life where is the hurt and the pain in your life that is pushing you to go down that path maybe you were abused at some point in your life and you don't know any better maybe you feel unworthy and unloved because you grew up in a home where you were just constantly be done on and, and treated in a way that was not God honoring I don't know what your stuff is and you might need to get counseling for it you might just need to email someone talking about it. you might just sit down with a counselor You know, some maybe a social worker at school I don't know maybe email me my email is Lena at livingwithpower.org. I can tell you this, that that um, there is grace for your sexual sin. And so I hope this message, this this talk, this kind of heart-to-heart finds you in a place um, of he- at, the, at the beginning of healing, I hope that if you are in a dark place right now, you would let the light of Christ shine into it and that you would start walking out into the light because that is the only way you're going to find freedom listen Christ died to set you free there's no reason you continue in the way that you are God wants more for your life than a constant cycle of defeat and failure and confession and defeat and failure and confession and feeling horrible about life he wants you to move past that think about all of the people who are in your life who are waiting to see the joy and the fruit of, of having Christ live in you and, and and just the kingdom of God is waiting for you to live victoriously so you go out and, and just share the love of Christ which is unimaginably amazing and so the big idea today remember there is grace for your sexual sin there is grace for your sexual sin there is grace for your sexual sin Uh, may god find us to be people of faith as we embrace these principles all right i'll see you guys next week have a great great week